What is up, everybody? Welcome back to AG's Convos. We are back in Studio 2 here at 6001 West Creek Road at Independence. You got me, AG, and it's just me. I'm uh, doing some reflecting this week. You know, it's uh, episode number 99, big one coming up next week. A couple of ideas bouncing around, a couple of things I want to get uh, get on the air, I guess you could say, once that episode drops, but... This has been a really, really uncomfortable week. I don't know how else to put it. You know, um, there's a lot of great things going on in the world of business. There's a lot of things happening here at the studio. But uh, we have a reoccurring issue in America that took a really ugly turn this week. And that's the issue of police brutality. We've talked about it many, many times. Unfortunately, entirely too many times because... It happens entirely too often, but there's a different story here this week. Um, I'm sure by now everybody knows what happened in Memphis, Tennessee a few days ago with an individual by the name of Tyree Nichols. He was approached, assaulted, chased, beaten, and ultimately killed by police officers within the Memphis Police Department. Now, that in and of itself is a story. It's a horrible story. And it's an unfortunate thing that we have to keep talking about this situation. Um, This one is a little different, though. It played out different. It was handled completely differently. And as we learn more and more information about it, it may be the worst version of this story that we've heard ever. And I say that for a couple different reasons. For one, this was a black guy, um, obviously. And I say obviously because, not because it only happens to black guys, but because the story gets a lot of attention because it keeps happening to a very specific demographic, which in this case are black American men. Um, It's happened to women as well. It's happened to white men as well. That's not to be dismissed, but it happens often. It happens repeatedly to black men. So I can't, as a black man, I can't pretend like I don't acknowledge that distinction. So the fact that it happened again to yet another black man is an unfortunate coincidence or an unfortunate repetitive situation. But this particular guy had a really cool story. He was a very artistic guy. And obviously you guys know where I'm at. So art is a part of our culture. Um, He was a parent. He was a son He was trying to get to his mother's house to hang out with her. Um, He was pulled over by a police unit, uh, which consisted of both a black and a white police officer. Um, He was then assaulted by the black officer in this particular situation, as well as the white officer, eventually. They assaulted him in the worst way possible, if you ask me. Um, They basically approached him with no real explanation of what his charges were. Um, The official police report said he was driving suspiciously, which can mean anything you want it to. It's a CYA tactic to say, I had the right because I saw something that I, as a person of law enforcement, didn't like. They yank him out of his vehicle with force. They attack him in the process of doing it. They spray him with so much pepper spray and with no regard for 
actual um, restraint control that they literally ended up spraying each other. Uh, so that was a pretty telltale sign that uh, somebody was exerting force that was completely illegitimate. Out of fear for his life, he takes off running, which I think most people would do. And these two particular cops were not uh, fit enough to track him down. So instead, they put the rest of the Memphis Police Department on high alert, call up all of these vehicles to track this guy down, and eventually they catch him within a couple hundred feet of his mother's house. And as he's being surrounded by these officers, he's beaten literally to death. He doesn't die immediately. That's another part of the story. But he's beaten to the point where he can barely move. Um, and he's not just beaten with batons. This wasn't the Rodney King situation all over again. This wasn't a guy laying on the ground being attacked by a bunch of officers who were possibly just venting some frustration or taking out some pain or assaulting a person of the opposite race. That's not the situation here. These were officers that literally chased him down like a dog. They beat him down like a I don't even think a dog would get beaten down like this. They beat him with batons. They kicked him with boots. And they literally picked him up, brought him to his feet, and teed off on him as if he was a punching bag. And they did it repeatedly. And they did it to the point where he could no longer stand. One of the cops looked like he might have broken his foot for the rest of the day he was, or the rest of the video, which was over 30 minutes long. He was literally limping around the neighborhood. Um, again, they sprayed him with pepper spray. Again, they sprayed each other with pepper spray. Complete disregard for anybody, including their own safe or best interest. So this is a situation that just makes an ugly, repeated story even uglier. What really bothers most of us who have seen this video at this case, especially people a representative of the black community that has raised arms about this issue time and time again. We can go back to George Floyd. We can go back to a hundred different names that have come up over the past, what, 18, 24 months. Or we can go back to Rodney King, the first time we can really remember it being televised and broadcast over and over and over again. And never did we see a situation like this where all of the offending cops were also just as black as the person they were beaten. So in my opinion, this really kind of spins this issue on its head. And it's not because we don't think black cops do this kind of thing. It's not even because this is a police district with a majority black uh, police force, which is a great thing, theoretically, if you think about the fact that we've always been vocal about the police officers looking like the people they represent. Okay, here you go. You got a black police force going to give you a fully black police force to patrol a predominantly black community. And we're going to assume that everybody's going to take care of everybody to the best of their interest, right? Well, no, not only did they not take care of this guy, but they treated him worse than I've ever seen white police officers treat a black person in the exact same situation. That's not to give any white cop a pass. That's to really shine a light on these black officers and ask the question, how dare you disgrace not only one of your own to that extent, 
but adds so much more validity to the issue of police patrol and police brutality when you are in a position of power to stop it from happening. And you can't, you can't help but try to wrap your hands around it, wrap your, wrap your mind around this, this situation. Now, a lot of you guys know me. I'm, a, I'm an elevated thinker. I can be on the ground level of a situation, but I can't really assess it from there. I have to step back, look at it, watch it play out, be the observer of the entirety of the situation. And in a situation like this, that's even hard to do. So I have to take another step back and look at some of the principles around what's happening and some of the origins around what's happening and some of the history around what's happening. And we've talked about the issue of slavery. We've talked about the issue of the Ku Klux Klan. We all know how the police force came to be formed. We all know why the police force came to be formed. If you don't know, check out a few of the episodes. I've talked about it. I'll rehash it in a very short uh, attempt. Slavery was the capitalistic version of running a country in America for a very, very long time. Slaves were products. As a product, a slave was a value add to a slave owner. It was a livestock to a slave owner. So to imagine being on a cattle farm and having your fence break down and your cattle run free. The whole point of the Ku Klux Klan was to remind the slaves where their place was to restrict them from growing or prospering in their own communities. And at some point, that was deemed illegal and incomprehensible by the United States government. So the ideology behind slavery and the Ku Klux Klan was abolished. Right? We know about the 12th and 13th Amendments. But it was almost immediately after that that a police force was formed. After you said you can't enslave people anymore, you can't tell them what they can and can't do, we're going to take that right away from business owners and give it to government by way of the prison system. And the only way to have a prison system or have a judicial uh, or, excuse me, a legislative branch, which is the branch that make the laws, and the only way to have those laws enforced is to put in place a judicial branch that are designed to uphold those laws. But there were no foot soldiers at the time. So the foot soldiers that were in the the situation at the time, a.k.a. the Ku Klux Klan, were basically rebranded as a law enforcement force for these, these legislative branches of government, whether they be local, state, or federal. So now you've got a legal Ku Klux Klan force that is designed to do the exact same thing, rein in anybody who's not, quote-unquote, following the laws and imprison them on a state farm, which is exactly what a colony was to begin with. If it was a private farm, that was a farm where people herd cotton or cattle or tobacco, whatever their product was, and these slaves were their free labor. But once it became a state farm, which is what a lot of people still call prisons, they became prisoners of the quote-unquote government and forced to do the exact same work that the slaves were doing before them. 
And those laws were being enforced by the exact same people that were enforcing them in the first place. They just took off the white sheet and put on the blue hat. So for people who don't understand the disconnect between the black community and the police force, you don't have to look that far for an explanation. Look at the shield of the Ku Klux Klan and look at the shield of the police officers. It's literally the same thing, a five or a six point star. So the concepts behind creating these police forces was never meant to be, you know, a, a big mystery. Just follow the evidence. It tells you what the, the intentions were. But at some point, even those rules became too strenuous, even for people who were no longer slaves. And we watched what Jim Crow did. We watched what happened in those situations. So they had to lax up some of the rules, and they had to start holding certain people accountable for the way they treated them. And it's kind of hard to get away from that when you're watching what's happening on the Edmund Pettus Bridge back in the 60s, and you have no choice but to acknowledge that, yeah, there's probably some discrepancies here. So we go through this process of holding police accountable or at least acknowledging the faults in their actions. Then it became a matter of, well, how do we rein in some of this bad attention? Well, let's put black police officers in the same police force as the white police officers. And we see what that has matured into. It hasn't changed anything. I see this situation and then I'm reminded that, yeah, that's right. There were black tribal leaders that put their own tribal members on transcontinental ships to be sold as slaves. And in my personal opinion, to see what happened to Tyree Nichols, it feels like a chief of a tribe literally sending his own people out to slaughter. There's something wrong with that. There's something terribly, terribly wrong with that. And there's got to be someone somewhere at some level of government or some level of authority that can acknowledge this situation for what it is, acknowledge the intention behind it, acknowledge the message that is being conveyed to these individuals and say, enough is enough. I'm having a conversation with my mother about this, who's in the building right now. Shout out to mama. She was, uh, she didn't want to get on this podcast because she's got a very different perspective on what's happening and rightfully so. She's a baby boomer. She sees the world the way it was presented to her in the forties, fifties, sixties, and seventies. And that's not a conversation that you really want to have right now. Um, especially not with a black woman or mother of a child who could be the next victim just because, because there's no rhyme or reason to this anymore. It's just because, just because I don't like the way you were driving, I decided to pull you out the car. And just because you didn't get out because I didn't really have a reason to pull you out, you end up dead. These are the kind of things that people like my mother are petrified about. And I don't care if you're a baby boomer or a generation Xer or a millennial, this could happen to your kid. This happened to Tamir Rice at 12 years old. No, he wasn't yanked out of his car. He didn't even have a car. He wasn't old enough to drive. He didn't have a weapon either. He wasn't old enough to buy one. He didn't have much of anything, but he died before he was ever even 
able to tell somebody that. I don't have anything. He was dead before he got a word out. But this is a real-life situation in America that's happening on a regular basis. And march after march, protest after protest, raid after raid, riot after riot, it continues to happen. And now this, this narrative is being changed because the cop looks like the victim. My question to everybody listening to this is how do you get involved? I don't care what color you are. There's plenty of white people that's listening to me right now. There's plenty of black people that's listening to me right now. There's plenty of young people and there's plenty of old people. And I know that because y'all all tell me you listen and I appreciate you for listening. But we can't just listen to this stuff happen over and over and over again. What are you going to do to stop it? There's nothing a single individual out here can do to make this go away. But there's absolutely something that we can all do to make this go away. I really don't want to belabor this topic too much. I don't want to talk too long. I'm talking by myself, in a room by myself, because I felt like if anybody tried to chime in with an opinion about this situation, they would either be angry and drag it out, or they would be devil's advocate and piss me off. So let me just get this off my chest. That was my point today. And this is right before my 100th episode. And that's going to be a, this going to be a huge shift in this show from that point forward. We're going to be starting a new season with a different motive, a different initiative. And it may not be as valuable as some of the other ones have been. Um, because I don't think that everybody is in tune with everything that I talk about. And that's by design. You know, I'm not here to satisfy everybody all the time. I said it plenty of times in the past. If I haven't pissed you off yet, then your episode might be next. Maybe this is your episode. 100 probably won't be your episode, but it's probably still coming because we spend too much time focusing on the wrong things in America lately. And I'm ready to just get back to doing what I did when I first started talking, talking about stuff that really makes people uncomfortable because those are the conversations that are going to change this nation. But in the meantime, between now and episode 101, y'all have to, y'all, everybody listening, young, old, black, white, American or not, y'all have to take the time to really assess what's happening to our society, not just my people, not just young people, not just black people, but what's happening to humans right now. Whether it's January 6th or it's uh, Tyree Nichols, we are literally under some form of attack every single day. Ukraine, it don't matter. Somebody is being attacked every single day and nobody can really justify why it's happening. So y'all have to take the time and figure out where you intend to go from here because if you don't answer that question, you will absolutely be eligible to be the next victim. And I don't want to see that happen to you. I don't want to see that happen to me. I don't want to see that happen, period. But time and time again, all I can say with almost absolute certainty is it's inevitable. It's going to happen again. I would love for somebody to tell me what they plan to do to stop that from happening. You can put it on any of the social media platforms that I'm affiliated with. Everywhere you go, it's AG's Convos. A-E-Y-G-E-E apostrophe S Convos. Type it into Google. Type it into any of the platforms. Mine is the only show that's going to pop up. If you got a comment, leave one. 
email info at agsconvos.com. Contact at agsconvos.com. Send a note. Let me know what you are willing to do to make this problem go away so I can tell everybody else that's listening. That's the entirety of this episode. I want y'all to sit with that for a week. Next week, we're going to talk about what we're going to do from this side to make sure that everybody out there that's asking for a chance is given one. I really appreciate everybody for listening in. Let me get this off my chest. This is AG's Convos, and we out. AG's Convos, we gon' show you how the world goes. AG's Convos, we gon' show you how the world goes.